<laughs> I haven't heard that one. There you go. That's super lame. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that your car got damaged in the flood? Yes. So was it like underwater or what, what happened there? No, not underwater. I mean, it, it, it happened a few times when it would rain heavily. I think it was just the, the seals were loose. Right. And when the floods happened, it just got a little too... Sort of the floors were all covered. Very, oh, very wet. I see. So the car wasn't underwater, but it just, no. got, it, it just got in the car yeah. and damaged it. Just yeah. got in there and damaged it. So, it, you know... Did it write it off? Yes. Wow. It completely wrote it off. And How can that be? How can water get in through the seals and then write the car off? <laughs> I, I'm as surprised as you are, man. Like I, I was like, holy shit. But I'll, hey, I'll take it. It's more money than I could sell it for. Yeah, so. true. Is this an indictment on the type of car it is? Uh, it was a BMW, so... Well, you'd think you'd, you should be able to rely on BMWs, right? I, I would have thought so. Hey, it lasted me, you know, five or six years with no no major issues, so... Yeah. I'm so, and you were saying you're moving to London, so it doesn't really worry you anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no point to sort of buy a new car for these next, well, I've got like four weeks until I leave, so... Right, okay. What, so, so, what's yeah. the story with that? Are you living there permanently? Yeah, well, I've got a two or three year work visa. Yep. I can't remember which one it is, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm going to go over there and, and give it a shot, really. Interesting. Right, yeah. so that's a career move, as a like in, in a music way? Like you're going to London to try and establish a music career, or is there yes. other reasons for going there? Yeah, no, definitely music is sort of, I guess it's the main thing. The yeah. sort of secondary main thing would be um, just living life, life experience, living in another country, I think is a really a really cool thing to do. 100%, yeah. So, um, yeah, but music is, is, is mostly the driver for right. this, yeah. Yeah. And it's a good time, I don't know how old you are, but you're obviously younger than me. <laughs> so it's a, it's a good chance to do that, you know, when you're young and you don't have, you know, your life too sort of established, I guess, right? Yeah. You're, you're, you're freer. Yeah, yeah well, um, I'm, I'm 25. Just, yep. you can, that's okay to yeah. ask. It's not rude to ask your age. <laughs> no, 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 it's totally fine. Um, so yeah, I'm 25 and I'm just thinking, got to get out there. Been, yep. been in Auckland, been in New Zealand my whole life and... Mm. I've tra- I've travelled around. I've, I've been overseas a fair amount. Thank yep. you to my lovely parents for you know taking me around. Yep. Um, so done, yeah. you've sort of done Europe and done the states and places like that. Yeah, I've been to the states two times yep. and sort of a big Europe trip once when I was about fourteen, fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I've seen seen a little bit and really loved what I saw and. Yep. I think it would be super cool to get to get back there. Yeah, I, I love I love it over there. I've been over there a number of times, and um, traveling mm. is so good for not only just for like you say, life experience, and it's good for the soul, but it's also really good just for perspective. Yeah. You know, you talk to somebody who's traveled, you know, and they just have a a more open mind. I feel like they have a bit more empathy and a bit more patience Mm -hmm. and a bit more understanding for people who are different to them, you know? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. totally. What is this? You've got got a a single coming out in a few weeks, you know, with with your band Silk Row. Um, How does that align with your, you know, buggering it off, as they say? Well, I, I sort of... I talked to the boys and said, "Hey, I wanna, I wanna do this. I wanna go overseas." You know, uh, the the other members initially weren't were like, "Okay, that's cool." You know, yep. you do that. We're sort of not really in a position in our lives to to do that. Mm. Um, our drummer is is sort of uh, seven or eight years older than than us, and he's mm-hmm. sort of in a different stage in his life. So we're like, you know, totally understand that. Yeah. Um, bass player is sort of in a, in a different situation. Mm. Um, and then my guitar player was like, "Oh, actually, I'm." I'm gonna I'm gonna come too. Really? Oh, um, cool. Yeah. So so the the recording for those for the single and the EP that we've got, it was sort of like, hey, well, we've got this time before before me and Oscar leave our guitar player. Mm. Do we want to 
just play shitloads of gigs and have fun or should we record some music and sort of have that as you know this is what we've done this is you know as mm. a bit of our to uh, our legacy i guess or a launch pad sort of yeah that as well yeah you know but yeah. sort of initially the idea was like let's just pick four of our favorite songs and mm. record those and be like we can just have that forever and be like this is sort of a representation of of sort of yeah where it ended off i right. guess yeah and have that be a really positive thing so mm. so when you get to london is the idea that you find a flat find a rhythm section and try and get back into gigging yeah. but just in a different different side of the planet basically yeah yeah that's that's pretty much my plan <laughs> yeah. um me and oscar do a sort of acoustic set where mm. we play sort of my solo songs and mix in some of the silk row songs mm. so my ideas were just to sort of get there uh, I don't know, play open mics, just try to weasel our way into some acoustic sort of gigs yep. um, and then try to meet people and, 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 yeah, form a rhythm section. Do you know people there? Like, do you know anything about the music scene there? Um, I don't know. I do I do know people there, but overall I don't really know that much about the music scene right. there. Right, yeah. Um, if it was me, of... I'd be making lists of venues and, and trying to, like, scope it out from a distance to, you know. Yeah, I should get onto that a little bit. <laughs> right. But um, I'm also just kind of throwing myself in the deep end and just you know learn to swim sort of thing yeah yeah are you a planner because that's that's a, a quirk of mine which i know is not very musician-y is to be a, i'm a um, list writer i you know i yeah. work down and i'll sit down and do the research and write a plan mm. and, and that sort of thing and people have always given me shit about it but i think it works you know <laughs> it so. does out of out of at least out of my band members i am definitely the planner right and yeah the, and the organizational guy and mm. the dude who does all the managerial duties so I would say yes, but maybe not as much as you. It's funny how that job often lands on the singer. I, I, I haven't really done research on that, so I mm. can't statistically reinforce that. But yeah. it does seem to be the singer is is often the one driving the managerial side of the band. I don't know. Maybe. I wonder if that's some organic role play working out. Like if the, yeah. the singer and the songwriter, because the singer is often also the songwriter. Yes. I don't know if that's true for you, but... Um, is often the one who's sort of gotten the band together and then is trying to drive it. Mm. I know there are exceptions out there, mm-hmm. but um, it's kind of funny, isn't it? It sort of always lands on the singer. Yeah, I, f- I feel like that is that is mostly true. My mum even asked me a similar question like that the other day, actually. Right. And I didn't really have an answer for her. But What was her question? Um, yeah, because I, I was just sort of, I don't know, venting about how I'm sort of these things always fall back on me. Mm. And she's like, well, you seem to be the one who has the, the, the vision. Right. And she's like, yeah, is, is that true for all these other artists? I, I don't really know. And I was like, mm. actually, had to think about it and came to the same conclusion that I think it is often the singer, if especially if they're the songwriter, for sure. Yeah. That, yeah. Maybe it's just because they have the vision and the and the drive. And Well, I remember having lots of back and forths on that subject, you know, in the past, mm-hmm. where, you know, bands often insist they're democratic. We're a democracy. We don't have a leader. Yeah. And it's like, well, wait a minute, democracies have leaders. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> the great mistake in band culture. Yeah, um, yeah. And I resisted it many times and I tried to have, I tried to be in bands where everybody was effectively in charge and no one was in charge and, you mm-hmm. know, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I learned over and over again a couple of things. Like, first thing is that you have to have a leader because yeah. <laughs> otherwise you just go in circles. Someone needs to be able to establish the plan and see it through and, you know, that totally. kind of thing. It's not a power trip. It's, it's, yeah. it's, a, it's actually a responsibility. Yeah. Um, and that's a personality thing. And yes. if you have that personality, then you it's sort of not fair to put that on somebody, someone in the band who doesn't have that personality. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And if you have that personality, then that's actually a, a skill. It's yes. an advantage you have. Um, and I think, therefore, what you need to do is actually see the managerial role in the band as a role in the band, which is also reflected as in the percentages you take. Yeah. So I was in a situation many, many years ago. I was in a band that were arguing constantly about this and that. And, um, and I basically just sat them down one day and I said, I'll give you two options. Mm-hmm. One option is I become the manager mm-hmm. and I get a percentage and you have to do what I say, yeah. you know, in a respectful way. I'll consider everybody's opinion and so on. Um, but I'm doing all the work anyway. So I want that to be reflected in my role. Yes. The second option is I'm out. Yeah. Yeah, and I they, think that's fair enough. Yeah, they went for the first option, and mm-hmm. all of our problems ended. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know? A successful resolve. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, I mean, there are reasons why ships have captains and companies have directors, and totally. you know, there are reasons why we have leaders. Totally. <laughs> Even if we all feel like anti-establishment punk rockers, at the <laughs> yeah, you want to be. Yeah. 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 Does that ring everything I'm rambling on about? Does that ring true with you? Absolutely. I mean, mm. I, I, with this band, I sort of joined the band. I was asked to join the band. And then it sort of evolved into a new band. Right. And then for the first sort of year, year and a half, two years, um, our bass player was sort of the guy who who was sort of pushing the ship forward. Mm. And I was always there right behind him. But he was the dude who's like, all right, boys, let's pull our money together and make the sickest music video we can. Yep. And I was like, shit, if that was just me, I'd be like, oh, let's go for the cheapest option because like, <laughs> right. we're never going to make our money back. Yeah, yeah. He was the dude sort of throwing us in the deep end mm. and doing all this stuff. And then the 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 roles sort of changed, you know, as an unspoken thing. Right. Where, I don't know. I guess, I guess it was, I was like, holy shit, I really love being in a band. Mm. I want to do more. Let, like I was, so it, yeah, it sort of became me the one pushing for for stuff to happen and and what and from his point of view did he sort of just organically back off a bit or or are you just more of a both, yeah. you're bo- sort of both working on it now or um it definitely did sort of flip yeah yeah and it was it was an unspoken thing yeah and it um, sounds like it wasn't a problem it just sort of went that way no well i hope if it was a problem he would have brought that up yeah sure you know, i yeah. hope and he yeah. still he still does stuff for the band as well yeah as, as well as playing bass and yeah i'm sure that, he appreciates because so. it's hard to find musicians who are good musicians and yeah. also good people and also have their shit together <laughs> oh yes <laughs> those, those three things are quite hard to put together sometimes as long as you have sort of two of them you yeah know? exactly there's, yeah. there's that the golden rule or something yeah mm, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so how do you release a single these days um well we go through drm mm-hmm. our, our distributor yep um it's weird it's always it's always a gamble it's always different sort of every time and since i'm you know sort of new in in the whole mm. thing um you know music releasing music thing um it's i just sort of try different things every time right yeah um you know i've, I've hired different pr companies to get it out to to you know radio stations and mm. sort of the mainstream radio stations Sometimes that's worked. Sometimes it hasn't. And how how would you the times that have worked? What is that working based on? Like how have you measured that success? Um, I don't know. I guess if a radio station like plays the song, I'm like, that's a success. <laughs> that is a win. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, and sometimes you just don't hear back. Yep. But one thing I I sort of found was I would. I was releasing sort of the same quality music and sending it myself to these, you know, the bigger radio stations mm. and just getting not even a thanks for submitting type of email. Right. But as soon as you hire someone to do it, you're on. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like, I forgot. 
it's all it's all a little bit of bullshit. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's sort yeah. of the way I. Uh, well, it's all relationships and contacts and all yeah. that kind of stuff. And yeah, sending sending a um, uh, like I was about to say, sending a cassette. <laughs> but, but sending before my time, yeah, I know. But so, yeah, unfortunately, it's not before my time. But um, the sending stuff to a radio station. The, I guess these days you're sending one of those link trees or something instead yeah. of a hard copy. Yeah. Um, uh, it usually, I mean, I know people who worked for record companies and radio stations and stuff who would just describe like receiving hundreds and hundreds of CDs a day, yeah. and um, they'd have a box in the corner full of CDs, yeah. and like every now and then for a laugh over Friday drinks, they'd like play a couple and have you know, and the chances of finding something that they liked that they then kind of resonated with and went, oh wait a minute, this is mm. actually really good. Mm. Um, it was such a crapshoot. You know? Oh yeah, and I mean, I found that out years after I had tried doing all that stuff. Yeah, um, and. And I'm and I, I sort of thought well, that kind of makes sense, but at the same time, it's really deflating. Yeah, <laughs> to hear that, you know. Yeah, it's, um, it's no good. But yeah. but yeah, but of course it's of course if you have solicitation and you know people, you know representatives who already have relationships and so on, you know yeah. they're gonna obviously mm. it's gonna be easier for them to get a response. To, yeah, for, for I guess I guess I was a little naive with it all. I was like, oh, you know, if if the song is is good enough, mm. it'll 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 you know break through all the all the noise. Right. Um, and I guess I'd sort of have that hope within me that that is still true. Yeah. But yeah, I sort of found it's like, okay, there is, there is all this sort of infrastructure and, and, and yeah, relationships really. Yeah. Is, yeah. Is uh, so in your defense, I don't think you're naive to think that. I mean, yes, it's a naive idea, but I don't mm. think that's your fault. And, yeah. the, and the reason why is, is because we as a collective, as a society, I guess, constantly peddle this idea of the music industry mm. um, to every new generation. Mm -hmm. You know, every documentary that comes out, every movie that comes out, every book that comes out <laughs> sells the idea that if you just believe in yourself yeah. and if you're good enough, yeah. then, you know, the talent rises to the top. Yeah. And it's such a load of shit. Mm -hmm. You do need that basis of being good and believing in yourself. Well, that, you don't, that does you don't, you don't there, necessarily but. need that. Well, maybe you're right. Well, you know, there's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of artists at the top who, you know, aren't as good as some of the artists playing at the pubs. Let's put it that way. I yes, I agree with. It's that. not that they have nothing to offer, you know. For sure, for um, sure. But most people have something to offer, so it's yeah. it's not really. I don't think that's interesting. I think yeah. it's more interesting to say skill and talent are are not in any way linked to commercial success. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes they coexist, and sometimes they don't. Yeah, it's good when they coexist, but yes. oftentimes they don't. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. So how do you build a strategy out of that? <laughs> mm. It's really hard to do. Do you do you guys um put much importance in social media? Um I I'm I dislike social media and I mm. don't really like using it, but I know it is a helpful tool. Right. Like I've just I've just gotten on TikTok. Uh -huh. So yeah. I've sort of been pushing that off like people telling me oh you should you know get on tiktok it is yeah it's a good idea people blow up and i'm like man we make like grungy you know early 2000s influence 90s rock <laughs> right stuff that yeah. kind of thing probably isn't going to blow up on tiktok right yeah um, so i just sort of rejected the idea but i'm just like fuck it man i'm just gonna start like not really even putting that much effort into it just yeah. filming clips of the band or whatever and just chucking it up there and, and just try it just see what happens yeah because i mean so I was going to follow up that with with when you said you don't like it, but you sort of know it's what did you how did you say you knew it was important or you know an important tool did I say yeah something, something like that yeah. um and I not to be too uh you know abrasive but I I 
want to question that because mm. I feel like there are these ideas that everyone holds because everyone thinks everyone else knows. That's a you good know? point. And people go, oh, you've got to be on TikTok because TikTok, you know, then you yeah. blah, 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 blah. Do you though? Yeah. I mean, if if millions and millions and millions of people on are on TikTok and on the odd occasion something goes viral, mm. it's the same um, maths mm. or the same algorithm as YouTube or as yeah. or as anything else mm. you can't make something go viral so yeah. what are you talking about yeah no that's that's definitely definitely something to think about and something i will think about <laughs> yeah. um yeah because yeah, i guess i don't know i guess just yeah everything that sort of happened for my band has happened because of social media and algorithms and internet stuff okay so you have experienced positives i come guess out of it so because one of the things that I can't get past is that these types of conversations that exist in the music world are the same uh, structural types of conversations that exist in pyramid schemes and mm. in, in, in all versions of con artists, yeah. you know, in businesses that are heading towards the edge of a cliff, yeah. you know, someone going, oh, well, you know, there's, there's a billion people who do this and all we need is 5% of them. And then we're going to, you know, that kind of garbage business mm. idea yeah and it never works because that's not how it works yeah, yeah <laughs> you yeah, know yeah. and musicians seem to reinforce their own bullshit yeah um by the, the, all, all these sort of fantastical ideas but when was the last time you met someone who won millions of dollars on the lottery you know or when is the so last true. time you met someone who invented the post-it note <laughs> and became a billionaire you know what i mean yeah like okay yeah. good one but why don't we just get back to reality because you can't yeah. pay your rent with optimism for sure. Like where my intentions actually come from with questioning all this stuff is that I was starting out as a musician trying to work out how do I make a living and how, what do I do with my life and my mm. career and how, you know, do I accept the fact that I'm always going to need a day job and music will always be a secondary thing mm. um, or, or do I try and, you know, like do I shoot for commercial success or do I focus on just trying to make money? Like what do I do? Mm. And um, most of the time the music industry didn't give me any answers. Yeah. I found my answers by learning about business right. and by like trying to cut through all of the hype and the um, facades and stuff and actually yeah. get to, to reality. Mm. And once I did that, I was like, okay, now I can see a clear plan. And I set my, set my business up in 2005 yeah. and I've been a full-time musician ever since. That's great. You know, now I'm not saying that to brag, but what I'm saying is that I did it by ignoring all of the hype. Yeah, I see. Uh, yeah, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, and like I'm, I'm, st and as the music industry has really changed and sort of declined since then. Yeah, I'm wondering why more people aren't having these conversations. Yeah, that's a very good point. I guess overall, I kind of try to ignore the music industry in a way. Right. Okay. Um, I, I do play the game of social media. Mm. I am a lot right now, just because. Just because we're about to leave and I sort of want all the fans that follow us already to, to hear the song and to come to the last gig before me and Oscar leave, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's not really like I'm trying to generate new followers sure. and stuff like that. It's more just like I just want to reach the people that already like us, already know us. Right. Friends and, and, and fans. I don't know how many actual fans we have. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully it's some. Yeah. Um, and I just want to reach them and let them know what's happening. Mm. And then from there sort of just take them on the journey of like, hey, I'm, I've just landed in London. What, what should I do? Right. You know, yeah. Or like, this is me going to my first little open mic thing. Like, let's just document this and, I don't know, chuck it up on TikTok and Instagram. And, so you, yeah. I, I, am I right in thinking that you're saying that you're not necessarily thinking, I want to be, you know, world famous, multi-millionaire and that kind of stuff. It's more about enjoying the journey and just sort of figuring out as you go and that sort of thing? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, you know, the journey and the process is everything. It's, yeah. it's really the only thing that 
actually exists. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just all about fo- yeah focusing on that and and seeing just being open and seeing what happens. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. I mean, if someone wants to pay me lots of money, I'll take it. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I'm, I'm not going to start singing pop songs. You know. And the other thing that that counters where I'm coming from because I'm obviously, I'm obviously talking about careers and money and business and and the reality of the business and that kind mm. of stuff. But the other thing is I also a hundred percent am on board with the idea that you only live once and you got to try stuff. Yeah. You know. And if I was that anti the business, I wouldn't be in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like I I remember um, uh, years and years and years ago I I knew this guy who's uh, nephew all he wanted to do was surf right and his dad was dead against it wow. he was like you got to study and become a lawyer and whatever you know and 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 the guy that i knew his this guy's the kid's uncle yeah. was just like what do you what just let him surf yeah he's like 18 you right. know if he wants to just surf for a couple of years he might he might get to the end of that and go okay i'm done and now i'll go and study something mm. or he might just want to surf mm. and if he just wants to you know find a way of making that life work of like yeah. maybe he's going to just you know, work in a store somewhere and, you know, live by the coast and have a good life as a surfer. What the hell is wrong with that? That's great, man. Like, you you, you have to figure that out on your own. Absolutely. For sure. Otherwise, you're just living someone else's life, I guess. Yeah. Which is the worst. I think, though, the music industry is constantly uh, geared towards and looking towards, like, commercial pop success, which is probably why people get almost disorientated by like we've got to get mm. your your likes up and you've got to get your this up and whatever mm. um i mean are you do you think you guys are immune to it because you're not really playing the pop game anyway mm. i mean it's sort of a freedom that comes from being in a rock band right yeah i guess so it's there is that sort of anti-establishment kind of thing. yeah but i mean we're not like a obscure sound like we no. do have a uh, you know in the in the rock world i would say it's just, it it could be a mainstream sound yes so not really that immune. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah, no, I'm not trying to say that you guys are like super niche or anything. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, how do you feel about the health of the rock part of the music world anyway? Because some people argue that rock is over and, you know, whatever. I think it's good. Yeah. I mean, at least I'd like to think it's good. Mm-hmm. To be honest, a lot of the. I don't listen to a lot of new rock music. Right. The new rock music I do listen to is from the bands from back in the day. Right. Yeah. Um, and I think I think in New Zealand it's 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 okay it's good yeah I mean there's some some really great bands around that just have not nearly as enough attention that they deserve you know right yeah um, but I think overall it's good and I, and I I'm very interested to see how rock is you know original rock bands that are not signed mm. in in London and in in you know Europe and stuff like that to yeah. see how it's how it's you know what the reaction is yeah yeah because I feel like. We we play gigs here and people come up to us and they're like, "Holy shit, you guys should! Why aren't you massive?" Yeah, right. And we're like, "I <clears throat> I don't know." <laughs> um, and it seems, yeah, we haven't sort of gotten like a dedicated following of like young, you know, mm. or you know, people in their twenties who come to see our shows. It's mostly like our friends and family, and and you know, there's a bunch of them. But right, it's, yeah. Uh, it's I'm really interested to see how how we're going to be. Uh, received overseas do you feel that rock music and rock bands in general in in our country are given as much support and and reinforcement as it deserves and as other areas of music gets no i yeah i would say that it should get a lot more support right um i mean you take a look at the the nz only funding and it's like maybe one at most like three rock bands right out of like i don't know 
20 or, or 50 or however many receive funding and stuff. And mm. it's like, man, there's there's so many good bands that I know personally that should be getting the stuff to make more music, you yeah. know, because they can't, they've, they've got to have jobs and they've got to do all this stuff and pay the bills and they can't afford to make the music that they should be able to make. Right, yeah. Yeah. So I always wonder why we're so geared towards pop music. And, and I know that the, the idea is that pop music is on the forefront and that's where the money is and whatever. Mm. Um, but you could also argue it the other way because young people don't spend money on music mm. and they don't even half the time listen to the whole song. Yeah. You know, the stats on um, on Spotify, for example, shows that the majority of young people don't even get past the second chorus. They're just, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, I'd like it or I don't like it. Skip, you know, skip, that's skip, crazy, skip. Yeah. And it's like, I, I, I don't know if I could back this up, but it feels like the the real spenders in music these days are the older generations who do like rock bands you might and right. also like country and jazz and stuff like that. Yeah. You know, yeah. um, because those are the generations that actually grew up buying music. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's true. I guess I have an older, you know, mindset when it comes to that Yeah, stuff. Like I like listening to full albums Me too. and like, yeah, I don't, you know, because oh. listening to a song that like outside of the album to me is like watching the seventh episode of a series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> and, just out of place. It, exactly. No, there's no context. Right. You know? Yeah. 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 That's very interesting. But yeah, you might be right. Like, yeah, the old, the older guys with their record collections and stuff, and mm. they're the ones who actually. I guess maybe it's maybe it's young people just have the the mentality that they've never had to pay for music. So why should they start paying for music? I think that's totally true. And then yeah, people that have grown up paying for music are like, oh, this is just. Mm. what you do yeah you know? so. i wonder if it's uh, i wonder if you could make the same point in live music and ticket sales because young people go to gigs yeah so maybe that maybe that's what it's a sort of geared towards mm. yeah i mean i guess the, to me the most rewarding part of being in band is playing live yeah and, of course and playing and i guess there's there's the sort of the, the party atmosphere and you you know you get a bunch of friends going to a gig and you have some drinks and have a good time like, mm. and it's not it, sometimes the music isn't the main focus it's right. like my mates are going to this this gig it's weird music let's okay i'll have a few drinks with my buds and like we'll just have a good time and i'll you know see the band see the music and yeah check it out and see what i think but it can be a secondary thing but people do seem to be more willing to pay for concert tickets than albums yes that is true isn't it and concert yeah. tickets are going through the roof mm. <laughs> in price as well oh, like yeah. if you want to go to you know spark arena and you know, watch an international thing. Yeah. It's like hundreds and hundreds of dollars. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I mean, I, I can afford tickets and I just don't want to, honestly. Because yeah. I also know that half that money, most of that money goes to the promoter. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> it does my head in. And then what's the promoter doing with that money? Well, they're buying massive houses and... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of questions we could ask there. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And what has your experience been as a, as a young rock band in terms of venues in our country? Does it feel like there are good venues for rock bands? Um, there's just not enough. Yeah. Yeah, there's just not enough. I mean, we've played, you know, we're an Auckland band. It's, we've primarily played in Auckland. We've played a handful of shows in like, you know, Wellington and Hamilton and, and these other places. But mm. I mean, for an Auckland rock band, you've got Ding Dong Lounge, mm -hmm. which which is great. But yep. there's only so many times you can play one place. Sure. Yep. And we've played there, you know a thousand more times than maybe we should have right but i do you know i love that place and it's given me a, a, a good starting point and yep. everything like that mm -hmm. um and then what you get whammy bar and thirsty dog mm -hmm. uh, i think you played a big fan right big fan is is yeah. our next gig yeah oh next gig yeah have you been yes. there yet i haven't actually been there yet no yeah. haven't been there mm. seen seen photos and stuff it looks looks cool looks mm. really cool yep relatively expensive higher fee is it <laughs> 
Oh, okay, yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, a little, a little more than I would like it to be. Right, but um, hopefully it's good. I'm sure they've got you know great equipment. Well, I know they've got great equipment and, and mm-hmm. you know engineers and stuff like that. Do but, they um, supply backline? Yes. Oh, they do. Yeah, interesting. I can show you the backline afterwards. Oh, if great. You, if yeah, you'd like to see it because yeah. we've never really had that in this country. You know, mm. uh, some venues. I mean, I think a lot of venues provide PA's, but yeah, not really backlines. You know, it's that I think that's mm. that's the sort of thing you find in New York and. Yeah, you know, LA and yeah, London and stuff. All the all the backlines just really shit, right? <laughs> just yeah. terrible drum kits and crappy bass amps you don't want to use anyway, <laughs> right? But I mean, I've never played a, like an actual venue that doesn't have a PA. Yes, so I right, mean, yeah. In terms of that, it's all it's all good. But yeah, we definitely need more more venues, please. Yeah, to the people listening. Yeah, but I, I, I you know, I mean, I, I guess the. The thing is, is there? I mean, I've, I've I've complained on this podcast a lot about the lack of venues, yeah. um, but. At the same time, venues would exist if there was a demand. True. You know, yeah. because business is business, you know. I yeah. mean, the, the people who can afford to build and, mm-hmm. you know, give us venues will only do it if they can get a return. Yeah, well, that's, you know, I'm going to London. <laughs> <laughs> You're washing your hands of the problem. A <laughs> little bit, a little bit. I remember yeah. being in London, actually, and um, randomly, I think someone gave me a flyer or something to a gig. Oh, yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I'm going to go. Cool. And it was like this basement um venue no i can't remember what it's called but um yeah you really you literally were underground and um and the room was surprisingly full for a band that as far as i could tell weren't very famous or anything you know um and it it made me um it it felt good because it was like okay these these seem to be like local guys this is underground yeah literally but but people are showing up for them too yeah and there's and this three-piece kind of punk band got up Cool. And they were fantastic. That's great. And I just had a, a blast. And what I also really noticed was that it wasn't fatiguing on the ears because the venue was actually soundproofed properly. Wow. So the drummer could really lean in, for example, and mm. not, not have to constantly hold back, which is, must be so frustrating for drummers. Yeah. Um, and the band, therefore, sounded like a rock and roll band. Yeah. They didn't sound like a rock and roll band on, you know, at half gear. Yeah. <laughs> and, or just um, overbearingly loud. Exactly, yeah. You know what it's like being in a lot of... Lo- you, you, you go to a local gig and you're trying desperately to support your friends in the band. But you're like, I just... I have to go outside, you know? I, I have to give my ears a break. <laughs> I'm sorry to all my friends that have experienced that with my band. But, I, I, but I, just, I just think, why do we keep building venues out of concrete and glass, you know? <laughs> and then we put a drummer in there and go, turn down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. Yeah, I'm excited to get overseas and just see how many venues there are, there are and how many are like keen on having young rock bands, and yeah, original rock bands and stuff like that. It's it's because yeah, as I said before, I don't really know. I'm just gonna go and figure it out, and, right? And see what's see what's there. Maybe I'll be like, oh, this sucks, and come back. But, maybe yeah. yeah, but maybe not. Hey, parents, these guys know how hard it is to raise a family and keep costs low, especially during this cost of living crisis. If you're looking for a way to save money on your kids' clothes and toys, look no further. Replay Thrifts for Kids is here to help. They sell quality second-hand branded kids' clothes and Montessori-inspired toys. Not only is it great for the wallet, but it's better for the environment too. Check them out at replaythrifts.co.nz. R-E-P-L-A-Y-T-H-R-I-F-T-S dot And give them a follow on Instagram at replay underscore thrifts. I mean, the other thing that's going to be good about being in London is that it's going to be really easy to get over to France, you know, and, you know, other places like that. It's, it's, it's I know loads of people from, from um, England who mm. would talk about part of their regular gigging circuit would just include Europe. Yeah. Because you could just literally drive over there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, that's exciting, eh? It's amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I know a, a, a sort of a friend, friend of a friend's band in 
in the UK and they, yeah, they just got like a residency at a bar in France, in Paris. Right, yeah. I'm like, yeah. And they're like, holy shit. And if you live in London, it's easier to do a gig in Paris than it is for us living in Auckland to do a gig in Christchurch. Totally. <laughs> yeah, that's a crazy thought, man. <laughs> as much as I love playing gigs in Christchurch. By the way, South Island audiences, I think, are fantastic. Oh. But it's just so hard to get there. Yeah, I've we've <laughs> never had the privilege of playing the South Island. Right, I've yeah. tried to play Christchurch. I've tried to book shows and get opening bands, but I don't know. We just, they don't want us. It's fun. Have you noticed, though, have you played around the North Island a lot? A, f- a fair amount. Yeah. Yeah, up and down. Have you noticed that there there seems to be consistent character traits of audiences in different places? Um, I don't know if I have enough experience to really comment on that. Okay. But, yeah. I mean, we get a lot of bogans. So <laughs> <laughs> as it comes to the territory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I guess yeah. I've played around with lots of different bands and projects and stuff. So, mm. so I've probably got a little bit more of a... Um, maybe a wider view yeah. because I'm going into these places with different types of shows. Yeah. Um, but it's, I, I always find it really interesting how audiences in Hamilton love this, but they don't like that, okay. you know, and audiences in Wellington will often be the other way around. They like that, but they don't like this, you know? Right. Um, uh, yeah. Interesting. I've never, yeah. yeah. Like audiences in my experience in the top half of the South Island, hmm. actually, and also the very bottom of the South Island, yeah. they're all, great but they're also bonkers like <laughs> like they they turn up for gigs and they're yeah. ready to party that's great and then they get completely shit-faced and and it's chaos but it's always a great night that's that's what i'm looking for man yeah. i should stay i should stay and just go to move to christchurch or something. yeah maybe yeah maybe go and hit the south island before you leave yeah i just yeah. want to play to drunk rowdy people it's a it's, <laughs> it's honestly a great feeling i did a gig when i was probably i might have been a, you know my, my mid-20s mm. um and i think i was like Blenheim maybe or Nelson somewhere like that mm-hmm. and we played this bar we're, we're more or less unknown originals band we played this bar it filled up wow. <clears throat> um, we finished our our set and they wanted more cool so we gave them more we started playing a few covers we knew and things like that and then the the um the venue owner came up and said i'll give you some more money if you just keep going yeah and we went right on okay so then we but now we ran out of songs that we knew yeah um so then we just started to basically make them up you cool. know, do, do you sort of know that song by pearl jam yeah uh, kind of we you know out, we'll fake yeah. it you know everyone was so drunk they didn't notice anyway yeah um That's and cool. um at one point i mean it got rowdy there were mm-hmm. there were um clothes being removed and high heels being thrown at us and things like that wow. and the gig ended when i basically turned to my drummer and said get me out of here and then I collapsed. Holy shit. And I was carried out of the venue and I woke up two hours later wow. um, in the camper van outside. <laughs> oh my God. How long do you think you played for? Um, hours? I don't know. Jesus. It just went on and on and on. And That's I gave great. every bit of energy I had. Awesome. And, um, and then I just, I just clearly remember waking up and it was like really quiet. And I was like, what happened? Yeah. And then the venue owner, who was this r- really, really nice um, lady, and she came and made us cheese toaster sandwiches. Oh, lovely. And it was like, it was the, they were the nicest cheese toaster sandwiches just because yeah. of the context. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, great gigs in top half of the South Island. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's cool. cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I, I think my best gig has been we, our bass player said, let's do this music video thing for yep. our, our first music video. And we... We bought a bunch of, we used his workspace, which was like an industrial kitchen mm-hmm. in, right next to Galatos. Oh, yeah. There's Galatos and then there's a little kitchen thing there. It's relatively big space, but glass windows and concrete floors. So we, we built a stage out of tables and chairs. We, we bought, we sold the tickets for like 50 bucks, but they included free beer. 
Oh, right. we just yep. bought a bunch of kegs of beer yep. and just like gave them out for free. And we didn't need a license because <laughs> we weren't selling them. We were giving them out. As a, and it was probably like a private party right? yes. rather than In, a commercial. Yeah, invite yeah. only sort of private thing. And, yeah. And, yeah, we, we, we filmed a music video there and they like... Was it all you could eat beer? Or was it like you get two for the ticket price or something? I actually can't remember. I right. obviously had a few of them. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was all you could eat for you. Yeah, yeah, or like a drink. Yeah, yeah. But no, it was one of the yeah, it was one of the greatest videos, and it's all captured on in high definition. Right. You know, it's all the Brilliant. memories all there, and it was just like, yeah, there was like it was there was only like a hundred people there, but for us, that's like the best thing ever. Absolutely. You know, yeah. It was it was it was awesome. And uh, I it, thought I wasn't going to be able to play it because I had I had a nasty flu like the week leading up. Oh no! I was like, can we like change the date or something? Like, I physically cannot do this. Yeah. And then it was like the day before. It was like, okay, I think I can do this. Right. And yeah, it was fine. And had the freaking. We can we can bond on that subject as because I'm a singer too. And and yeah. And that's something that you don't have to necessarily worry about if you're a drummer or something. Mm-hmm. Is you know you you the gigs coming up and then you get that feeling in your throat and you go, mm. oh no, yeah. You know, and what do you do? And I've I've done gigs where I've basically had no voice left, yeah, from you know, really nasty cold and things like that. Yeah, what do you, do you have a, a regime? Um, are, I, you, are you good at like voice protection and that kind of stuff? I don't know. I mean, I've only been singing since I was like nineteen. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, so a lot of a lot of people that sing sort of started when they were quite young. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't wasn't the same for me. It took me a long time to get my confidence up to do it in front of anyone. Right. But so I guess I've because of that I've done a lot of like research and and with the rock thing and the, and the you know the metal screaming type of thing. I don't want to fuck myself up completely. Yeah. So I have you know I am interested in that topic of of you know voice science and keeping myself relatively healthy. Right. Yeah. But I, I definitely just try to drink a shitload of water. Yep. Not just when I'm singing, but my you know all the time. Yeah. Stay hydrated. It's like it's like yep. yeah. It's like become just a lifestyle thing now. Mm. I am going to be hydrated all the fucking time. Yeah. Um. That's so great. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, yeah, I've always got my water bottle with me. I don't today, but you've sorted me out. Yeah, with yeah, right. lovely, lovely water. Um, it's a very expensive production. This. Oh yes, it's very nice. Um, but yeah, I just genuinely try to keep myself relatively healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I do enjoy a beverage or two and uh, the odd cigarette or two, but mm-hmm. uh, it's not a it's not a daily sort of a daily thing. Yep. Um, and I just try to. I find the more I practice, the more consistent my voice is right so i try to do at least at least like a 15 20 minute like warm-up routine every day yeah okay and that's that's generally what i do but how, yeah. how have you learned like where did you get the warm-up routine from have you created that yourself or? no it's just literally like a video on youtube right yeah jacob's vocal academy it's mm-hmm. like a youtube account and it's just like you know boring la 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 stuff yeah i do that too yeah yeah it's, it's good it's, it's it's really helped yeah yeah no, i find it great and everything like that but. yeah it's nice to have someone kind of walk you through a day eh? because if you're sort of sitting in the car by yourself yeah before the gig going la 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 <laughs> yeah it's weird yeah. you just plug in your headphones and you got the guy doing the thing with you and it just yeah. it feels a little less weird but you know everyone else can hear you and it's still a little bit weird but. the one that i've got saved is i think it's a german guy and he's like now mm-hmm. we will do it <laughs> la 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 and like la 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 yeah, and it cracks me, cracks me up as we do it yeah you got to you got to find some find some entertainment in in itself eh exactly yeah it's bearable i've been really um uh leaning more into that subject in the last year or so cool um i through the pandemic i um 
like all, you know gigs stopped obviously mm-hmm. and during that time I, f- I sort of fell out of my vocal technique and I kind of lost my nerve a little bit and right. um, and struggled a little bit you know okay. um, and then when we got back together and we were in a rehearsal down in Waihee yeah. and I just couldn't get it together uh-huh. and it was getting I was in my head too much yeah. so I reached out to um, Sheree Matheson um, who's an amazing singer an amazing vocal coach okay. and um, did a couple of um, top up lessons with her yeah. and she's really into the science of vocals as well she's right. recently been touring with lab and stuff so she's she's um you know really knows what she's talking about cool. but she's really passionate about the um the science of it all mm. and she uh, it was great because she kind of reset me yeah and um hydration was a big one yeah um i actually didn't know that spicy food was really bad for singing oh yeah yeah and she laughed at me when i said i didn't know that <laughs> it was part of my pre-gig routine to go and get like a nice spicy thai meal <laughs> yeah 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 so i told her that and she held with laughter um <laughs> And um, also, apparently, alcohol is pretty bad for your voice, which kind of flies in the face of all of us who go and have a few drinks before our gigs, you know? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I feel like the so. main thing that it does is it is, I don't know, you get a buzz on or whatever, and it sort of numbs the throat. And mm. if you're singing badly, you don't notice it. And if, you, if you're pushing a bit too hard, you just don't really notice it. And, and right. I think that, along with the, the, the drying effect that it has, yes. is, is where the problem comes in. Yes. But... In in opposition to that, it, for me, it gives me a little more confidence. Right. Yeah. So in some ways, and it kind of the dryness can help with a bit more of a raspy rock tone. Yeah. You know. So I feel like there's a balance with all these things. Yeah. I mean, I, I, when she brought a lot, of, a lot of those things to my attention, I kind of immediately looked back across my career and went, "Would I would I change it though?" And mm. you know, because a lot of those memories of of you know the more rock and roll stuff, yeah, they're fun memories. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want to not have them. Yeah. I'm also at a point in my life now where I quite like not drinking at gigs and I, I prefer to be clear these days. Yeah. And I notice my performances are better because of it. Mm. Um, so that's probably just where I'm at. But I've, I, I can mm-hmm. I can be in that place because I've done the rock and roll stuff. For sure. You know For what sure. I mean? You've done it. Yeah. 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 That's fair enough. But I wonder whether, um, do you think that it's true that the alcohol takes the edge off the nerves or is that more of a placebo thing, more of a psychological thing? I don't know. I feel like it's true. My 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 gut answer to that question is that it is true. Right. Um, but it, yeah, I mean, something to think about. It might just be fucking a bunch of bullshit. It might just be an idea. Yeah. Yeah. A construct. Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, I've he- I actually heard some people recently talking about that. Okay. About how they used to think that, and they've now realised that they were it was actually never really a thing. It just sort of felt like it was. Yeah. I feel like maybe when I was first starting out, it might have been more of a thing. But mm. now that I sort of have the the a confidence in my own singing mm. that sort of come from the consistency, um, maybe it doesn't matter so much anymore. Yeah. And maybe it is. Maybe maybe that confidence thing sort of wears off when when you are more naturally confident. Right, exactly. Uh, yeah, that's just something I've just came up with right now. It makes a lot of sense, though. <laughs> yeah. or, or I guess with experience also in technique, um, you you start to rely on that more than you start to rely on being propped up by something. Yes, you know? yes. Oh, yeah, definitely. You said yeah. that you just started singing when you were 19 and, and had to very quickly get used to it. <laughs> um, how, how did you end up only starting when you were 19? Like, did you have the urge to sing when you were younger? Or, you know? I think I did. I think the seed was planted by my mom and that side of the family. They're, mm. they're all singers and, and musicians and stuff. Um, well, basically, like, she bought me a guitar when I was young, really wanted me to play, got me some lessons. I was like, this is boring. This sucks. <laughs> 
few years later, when I was like 11 or 12, me and my friends got into like Rage Against the Machine. I was right. Like, oh, shit. Oh, okay. so when you first started lessons, you were much younger, like seven or eight or something? Something like that. Right. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then, yes, yeah, so I dropped it, got back into it. Yeah. Um, really loved that. Was into sort of guitar, you know, Joe Satriani, Steve Vai, that, that kind of stuff for a long time. Yeah. And then as I got to like, you know, 16, 17, I, I remember it vividly watching, a, watching the Pearl Jam video what was it jeremy mm-hmm. for jeremy and i was like holy shit mm-hmm. um i'm going to do that right like, i'm just gonna start singing yeah and i was very shy as a kid okay yeah um and still i guess i still am but i've gotten over myself a little bit now mm. um it's not uncommon for for musicians and especially singers to be introverts though yeah no i would heavily consider myself introverted yeah i actually would too um, yeah. For, for myself, I mean, not you. Yeah. <laughs> I actually would consider you an introvert too. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no. So I saw that video and I was like, that's awesome. I'm just going to, I'm simply going to start doing that. Right. And I would just sing in my room and sing along to Tool and, and yeah, like Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and stuff. I do find it interesting that someone, like, because the bands you're talking about are arguably my generation, you yeah. know, because when Pearl Jam and Nirvana and all those bands came out, I was about 14 or 13 or something. Yeah. Um, and so then the next few years, it was like Soundgarden and Stone Temple Pilots and Rage it. and all that stuff, you know. Mm. Um and obviously that's now fully loaded for me on a, you know, it's a, it's sentimental and yeah. it's like, it's my, my youth, you know, and it yeah. felt like the truth when it came out. Yeah. Um, but it's interesting to me when someone like yourself, who's obviously a lot younger, th- younger than me connects with that, um, past music, yeah. which is not unlike when I was that age, you know, listening to Led Zeppelin and, True. you know, early Clapton and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's not a, an insane idea, mm. but what, what about that? era of music really impacted you like why was it that and not i mean you know not nine inch nails or not skid row (laughs) Mm. is a random band to mention yeah i like nine inch nails i don't really like skid row but right um anyway um i don't know it was just like yeah that you know i would say overall 90s rock is has connected with me the most out of anything i've ever heard yeah and I was I was born in 97 so it was the grunge thing was basically over by that right it was yeah um and I guess, yeah, I got into that when I was sort of 13, 14, 15, mm. um, came from the rock thing. Um, I guess, I don't know. My mom really likes the Foo Fighters and stuff when mm-hmm. I was a kid, and that would be playing in the, you know, post-grunge stuff, like Stained and stuff would be playing in the car. Yep. And I was like, I, I knew that I liked that. Mm-hmm. And then I found, uh, yeah, I guess I found like Alice in Chains first, and it was just it was just the the moodiness and, and the darkness mm-hmm. and like the the gritty vocal, and it just felt like it felt like it came from another I don't know world or or reality, but at the same time felt very like real, right? I guess yeah, and it just like. I don't know. Watching the watching the old '90s music videos and stuff, and the MTV Unplugs, I was like, "Fuck that!" Yeah, it just hit me, you know. And it's yeah. just like that's that's it. Because like, there's there's two dynamics here that that I'm, I can't decide which one I think is playing out. Mm. One thing is that we always talk about how the music we listen to when we're 13 or 14 is really informative. I think mm-hmm. that's definitely true. Yeah. Um, but I also think the music that's coming out around the time we're born 
Mm. Um, somehow finds its way into our brain because like okay. one of my favorite bands of all time is the police yeah and they were existing around the time i was born right and um also loads and loads of my favorite music i mean i love motown and i love stevie wonder and you know early like late 70s billy joel and yeah. all that kind of stuff it was all happening around the time that i came, i was born mm. meaning that the first few years of my life all of that stuff was on the radio yeah which is sort of what you just said like you're growing yeah. up with all of that music in your head when you're like two three four five you know true i've never thought about that yeah so i wonder if it's that or here's the other um hypothesis is that um i i have this very kind of vague overreaching view of the of the of music history and rock and roll mm -hmm. is that in the early 60s when the stones and the beatles and stuff came out that was effectively the punk rock of that time yeah because it was it was it was hooky it was you know punchy little songs mm -hmm. they were like pretty honest you know mm. then it kind of blew up and became this sort of overinflated proggy thing especially into the 70s they you know bands tended to sort of climb up their own asses yeah then it was responded to by punk and then new wave yeah and then you had the pistols and you had the police and the ramones and all those bands that went back to like hard fast short punchy hooky songs mm. and it was felt really honest again then in the 80s it all climbed up its own ass again yes and we got to <clears throat> all of those sort of what we often call corporate rock bands yeah and one of the bands that kind of started to break that apart was guns and roses yes who some people would call pre-grunge mm. um because they sort of had the attitude of grunge but they weren't part of the grunge scene yeah and then when everything seemingly kind of got to its highest and most inflated, mm. it all was blown apart by Nirvana. Yeah. And then the grunge was the next next phase of punk rock. True. And then it arguably has continued, you know, then after that climbed back up its own ass again. <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Know? But now so many other things have changed. I don't know if we have the next phase of punk rock. Yeah, has that has that cycle ended? It might have ended. Yeah, yeah. That's so weird to think about because that's a cool sort of sort of pattern to notice. Yeah, yeah. And then to think that it's over, or is it? Or do we just think it's over because we're living right now? Well, it might it might feel like it's over because we're expecting to hear something that sounds more obviously punk. But maybe mm. maybe that punk rock vibe is existing in some other area of music. I feel like it is. Yeah, it must be. It must it, be. It, surely it's an organic sort of just. It, it comes out of generations, you know? Yeah. Like, like I'm sure if we asked, I don't know, a, an 18-year-old, they'd be like, oh, it's all about this artist. And we'd be like, them, really? Yeah. Maybe <laughs> someone like Idols. Yeah. I don't know if you know them, but yeah, yeah, yeah yep. someone like that. Exactly. And we just haven't noticed it because it's not resonating with us necessarily. Yeah. But that's the thing that feels like the truth to that generation. Mm, for sure. No, it's a very interesting thing to think about. But going back to that, your original hypothesis. Yeah. I, one of my favorite albums is is Days of the New. Do you know Days of the New? Not not well, no. Um, you may know one of their songs, but um, they're like this acoustic rock band, and their first album came out the year I was born. Right. Like within a few months, and mm -hmm. like it's like pretty much my favorite, you know, one of my favorite top five albums. Right. Yeah. And so yeah, I mean maybe that's there's some sort of thing about that too. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. it's. I mean, again, if you if you think about the idea that it's all seeping into your brain as mm. you're because the, the, they also point out that the first i think what four or five years of being alive mm. your brain is working so fast and developing so fast right um which is why it's so important you know when you've got a young kid to to do certain things to yeah to, to promote their growth and development yeah um, for sure and if you've got music playing in the background that's just quietly seeping into their heads yeah 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 <laughs> you know? it gets stuck in there yeah because yeah. in my like musical journey i like a lot of those artists that i mentioned like stevie wonder was probably the first artist that i really ever zeroed in on when i was super young right um 
But then as I grew up, I sort of stopped thinking about the artist that I was referring to. Mm. And I was just going along with what was coming out. Mm-hmm. And then the and then in the nineties, you know, all that happened and I was right there and was, you know, was also into like Primus and the Chilies and all that kind of stuff as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um and then as I kind of became as yeah, I think as I became an adult, it's almost almost like I returned to my roots. Because I yeah. remember the day of kind of going, Why don't I listen to Stevie Wonder? Yeah. I love Stevie Wonder. What happened? What did I forget about him? Yeah. Like yeah. how come I just I just never listened to him when I was a teenager. Yeah. And then I went and bought a bunch of Stevie Wonder albums. I was like, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I forgot all about this. Yeah. This is great. And I did that with quite a few artists, actually. Yeah. Interesting. I, maybe that part of my life hasn't happened yet. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Maybe. Well, it's, maybe. Yeah, but it sounds like it kind of has, though, because you just didn't let go of those bands. <laughs> yeah. No, I just, yeah. Yeah, I just kept listening to them. Right. Yeah. 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 What do you think, um, just to do a drastic left turn here, what do you think is going to happen with AI? Are you worried? AI. Are you worried about it, or what, what's your view? Um, I'm. I wouldn't say I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. I haven't really. You know, I don't know too much about it. I used AI to to write a press release right. for our single. Mm-hmm. I don't think I were going to use it, but I was just like, <laughs> well, not, not very good. Uh, it was all right. I mean, there was some stuff I had to take out that just wasn't relevant, but yeah. overall, it was really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we dabbled with the idea of using AI art for like you know cover art. Mm-hmm. Um. I sort of looked into it, but I think you have to pay some amount of money that I didn't really want to pay right. for that. So I just paid an actual artist to do it. Mm. Um, I think I'm interested to see where it goes. I'm not concerned about robots taking over the world or anything like that. Right. Yeah. I mean, uh, like my mom used it uses it for her, her job and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I think, I think, I mean, my, my sort of view is that it's just a part of, evolving technology and and Mm. we should just sort of incorporate that as a tool um but yeah i mean what are your opinions i i'm honestly i'm completely torn really you know i've heard so many different opinions and i kind of understand where they're all coming from and i don't quite know where i land yeah Um, okay and i remember when the internet you know first sort of blew up and became a thing it was similar (laughs) (laughs) sort of around the time you were born um and i remember the same kind of like well i mean what's this going to mean you know and Mm. And it, in many ways, it destroyed the music industry. Yeah. Um, and I, for some reason, thought the music industry was going to be one of the last things to go because I thought, mm. well, people like music. That's never going to stop. People and love music. People love music. And I was right. But yes. the business of behind it, you know, is, yeah. isn't propped up by people liking music, you know? Yes. Um, so I remember that really shocked me when the music industry took a big hit through piracy and mm. and the response on the industry's part was pathetic. Mm. And then when the streaming models came out, it shocked me again. I'm like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> um, especially when the record companies then uploaded their back catalogs, which were one of their biggest earners. Yeah. And they, d- they turned a billion dollar industry into an industry worth a few hundred bucks. Mm. And I was just like, what are you guys doing? Um, and then since then, I've learned more about why it happened. But right. um, uh, I just... I think with the internet, it was good for some and bad for others, you know? Yes. And I think when, then I also clearly remember the concerns around Y2K and how that <laughs> turned into nothing. Yeah. So there's also that in my head going, mm. maybe we're all worried about nothing. Yeah. Um, but, but maybe not. But maybe not. That's the thing. Like, yeah, this could actually, actually, I, I don't, I'm not worried about robots either. I'm not, <laughs> it's not a Skynet thing for me. No. It's more about jobs going away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I yeah. think, I mean, you've obviously heard like, AI music and stuff like yes. that. Yeah. I, f- I feel like, I don't know, you hear some, I don't know. I don't know. I feel like you would hear some artists being like, oh my God, this is terrible. You know, like mm. we, we should not have this going on. 
but I just feel like you cannot recreate the the, the sound of like you know four dudes in a room. Mm, yeah. Um, so I'm not worried about AI music taking over the industry. It, it fucking might though. It might. Yeah. I mean, on that one though, I don't think the AI that we currently have could replace what you guys do. Yeah. But you know, in ten years, it might. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that I, I guess, on a cynical but positive note, <laughs> in terms about uh, you know AI music being on Spotify, and now and now mm. the idea is that AI is just creating entire playlists of music. Yeah. But I look at that and I go, yeah, but Spotify wasn't working anyway. Yeah. So you've you've it's like you've fired a gun into a dead horse. Like who cares? Mm. Um, I, what I don't think AI can replace is going and seeing you guys live. Yes. And yeah. and I think what may happen is that we like online content will just lose its meaning yeah the same way that now now you see a photo of a famous person doing something stupid yeah and before long we're just going to not believe anything yeah 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 right right do you know what i mean it will lose all its currency yeah and it will just be about actual interaction so it could even Mm. benefit us in a funny way yeah it could it could push everything back to yeah yeah face to face and yeah live gigs like that that sort of thing yeah i mean that's that's a that is a positive a little bit cynical but positive fucking uh yeah yeah view. i like it i like it it may yeah. be cynical but it's like i guess it's circling back to the beginning of the conversation about everyone saying you've got to do this but there's it's very hard to find an example of someone who's actually made a living out of tiktok or whatever you know yeah and it's the yeah, same thing yeah. with spotify everyone's like you gotta be on the playlist and get the <laughs> likes up and whatever and it's like mm. when was the last time you met someone who bought a house because they did well on spotify you know i know somebody knows someone who bought a house because yeah but anyway you do <laughs> maybe <laughs> i'm not going to say who it is because i don't know if that's supposed to be public information right right yeah um, i'll ask you after we stop recording <laughs> yes you can yeah, I'll, I'll tell you um but yeah like we we had a song i don't know blow up on spotify it got like 100k streams yep. and for us first song coming out you know this young band that was really cool yeah but it, d- it did not translate to genuine fans right okay and we didn't get yeah. a bigger turnout at our gigs because of it and why do you think that is i don't know i think it just the algorithm picked it up and it got on a got on a playlist and then it just got a whole bunch of numbers of just people all over the world who mm. are just listening and and the next song comes on and it's our song and it gets a, it gets one number added to the you know mm-hmm. the stream count. Yep. And that's a cool thing to be able to say. It's a cool thing to be like, hey, can we play your festival? We have this amount of things on on Spotify, you know. Mm. But but it's yeah, it's a little bit disheartening when it's like yeah, it doesn't actually. Not the money thing because I'm not concerned about that but mm. i would i would like it to translate to actual people who like the music exactly yeah and, you want um, to build an audience yeah yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's because definitely the- part of the reason I want to go overseas is because I, I feel like we cannot really build an audience here. Right. Yeah. Um, well, that's a really yeah. good example though of the problem with that type of thing. Yes. Is is that it sounds great when you have a hundred thousand listens on a song, or I know I know people who've had millions of mm. listens. Oh yeah. Um, and they still don't have anyone turning up to gigs. Yeah. And it sounds great, but of course, where where are those clicks? And then you actually look at it properly, and you go, they're just random people across the entire planet. Yeah. You can't. You can't possibly sell tickets to them. No. You can't no. tour that. Yeah. There's not enough people in one place to put on a show. It's scattered mm. across every country in the world. Yeah. You know, and the old school um, uh, strategy for bands would be to, like, we're going to focus on this town or this city and establish an audience there. We'll go in there. We'll play a small gig. Mm-hmm. We'll do a bunch of press and we'll try and establish a, whoops, a base audience there. Yeah. And then we'll, we'll go back 
you know, six months later and, and try and build it up a bit more and yeah. build it up a bit more. And, and if, it, you know, if that all works, then you can, you know, slowly end up with bigger venues. And, you know, yeah. you see bands would come to New Zealand and play the Power Station and then they'll come back and play Spark Arena. Yeah. You know, so that, that type of model is the idea. Mm-hmm. Having just scattered numbers across the world doesn't mean anything. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And, and that's a good example of how it's smoke and mirrors. Yeah. It, it seems great until yep. you really think about what does this convert to. Yeah. And that's my complaint about the music industry is that the music industry for some reason is reinforcing the smoke and mirrors. Yes. Where I think the music industry should be more responsible mm-hmm. and actually get through the smoke and mirrors and say I know 100,000 plays is exciting. Yeah. And it's and and you sh- and I don't want to take that away from that making you feel good. Yeah. Um because it is it does mean 100,000 people listened to you and that is awesome. Yeah. But at the same time let's be realistic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't really mean all that much that's right i mean yeah. yeah the coolest thing that's happened is uh we played a gig with a band and and the, the bass player was like oh like have you guys been to germany and we're like no it's <laughs> like oh well my mate who lives in frankfurt or wherever he like he really likes your song i'm like what well, how does he even know who we are <laughs> and it just yeah. would have been he just, just came on in spotify and he yeah liked the song and Played it a few more times and now he's a fan of the band. Which, which is awesome. But the, is. Other, the other question is, is that guy prepared to pay $50,000 <laughs> for, for you guys to all fly over there and then play a gig to him? You know? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Or at least him and another mate. Exactly. Know? One more. Maybe 25000 each. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'll ask him. So where do you get a, a, such a cool name like Lorenzo Hazelwood from? <laughs> um, okay. So this is a great opportunity. So... <laughs> My um, this is what you're really here for. <laughs> my great my great grandfather, his name is Lorenzo, so I'm named after him. Yeah. In a in a previous interview thing I did, I I, I think I just said, oh, I have cool parents, and they just named me that. And my <laughs> and my grandmother texts me and says, you need to rectify this. You need to right. tell. You need to get the so- the story straight. Right. So yes, I yes. was named after my great grandfather. Mm-hmm. His name was Lorenzo. We don't know where why he's named Lorenzo. Where was he from? New Zealand. Okay. Right. I, okay. We're pretty sure. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I'm not Italian, mm-hmm. I'm not Brazilian or anything like that. I'm just a Kiwi with, with that name. Yep. Um, my brother's name is Francesco. That's also a cool name. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I have two half brothers named Marco and Matteo. Wow. So we've all got this sort of O thing happening. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, my mom had to sort of fight my dad on the name a little bit, I think. Interesting. Um, what was he uh, shooting for? David? Uh, yeah, some, uh, maybe something a little more normal. Craig? But uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All the Davids but, um, and Craigs are like, what the fuck did we do? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's weird. Is there a, a way we can come to an arrangement where when we leave here today, you are Danny and I'm Lorenzo? Well, potentially. Right. I w- mean, would that yeah. be a monetary thing? or I could just live in this studio. <laughs> so you, want, yeah. you, want the, you want my life. I wasn't talking about swapping lives. <laughs> I was, just the names? <laughs> just the names, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well yeah i don't know do you have a criminal record no. not yet not yet <laughs> working on it <laughs> working on it yeah yeah and no, what, what what's been your um uh biggest surprise so far you know if you're you're a young person and you think i want to do music and you know shoot for that and and of course you've got ideas some of them maybe naive or whatever then you yeah. end up in the industry and your experiences to date what's been your biggest surprise about what it's really like trying to tap. Oh, into that I'm not a millionaire already. No, <laughs> right. no, no, definitely not. Yeah. Um, my biggest surprise. I don't know. I guess that it in, is... in terms of people's responses or the functionality of the business or you know the opportunities, yeah. just sort of anything. I guess. I guess 
have been surprised at how well people have actually received me and my music because I, you know, struggle with self confidence for for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, a a good surprise. Yep. Um, and people actually being like, "Wow, like you could." You could sort of do this. Mm. Um, Earlier, you mentioned sometimes you wouldn't even get a rejection. You would just get no reply. Yeah. And that's done my head in over the years. Oh, like, yeah. At least take a minute to mm. tell me to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't just, just ignore me. Yeah, this is yeah. not what we want. Or yeah. like, you suck. I'll take a you exactly. suck. Yeah. You know? Or just a like, thanks for sending that in. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when, when I was in that position, like sort of joking aside, just going, if you don't think I'm right, I... I would actually like to know why. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And, and if you tell me something that I don't want to, uh, you know, do or, or like bring in, mm-hmm. then I'll just I'll just know to go. Well, that's not me. Yeah, you know. But if if I could have just done one little thing different, that yeah. that wouldn't have, you know, cost me my integrity or anything. Yeah. Um, I would have done it. Yeah. But if you just don't reply, I don't know anything. No one, you know, no one gets anything out of it. Eh? It's just, yeah, yeah. Just the cycle continues. I think it's incredibly arrogant. Yeah, well, you probably have to be to be in one of those positions. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe. But I guess my another surprise would just be that it it really it's it does really seem to be about who you know. Yes. Um, which I guess I don't know. Should that have been a surprise? Maybe not. But it's sort of like, oh, yeah. I didn't get a response, but now this person who knows this person, we've you know got a response. Yeah, yeah. And like even with Michelle, like you know she she's got us on some some. TV stuff and some different radio stuff and it's mm. just like super grateful but it's like you know I just wish it was on the strength of the music alone yes but yeah I yeah I mean that was a big wake up call for me too yeah and I found that I found that really hard to get my head around yeah um, I'm, I'm pretty much over it now <laughs> <laughs> you, you got over it a lot earlier than I did um, but I mean I, I suppose the other thing is is it's um, arguably I guess how the world works you yeah know? no I mean, you're right yeah and mm-hmm. not to wade too closely to conspiracy talk or anything but it just seems like th- the way things work behind the scenes in general are, yeah. are often different to what we think yeah yeah i guess it's not just a, a music industry wake-up call it is a bit of a life a life yeah. right yeah yeah a life learning but it's really been really good you've you've handled my um my hopped up questions well <laughs> no i think i've really enjoyed this it's been it's been weird hearing your voice across the room as opposed to in my in headphones. Your head. yeah. right yeah. yeah and i have to credit you with with turning me on to king's x oh right oh yeah. awesome yeah oh yeah what what did tell me about that uh well i don't know i, I would have seen I think it was even before you interviewed either of the, of the guys. Yep. I think you just talked about how much they meant to you and how much you liked them. Mm. And I checked out Dogman and I was like, holy shit, yeah. how did I not know about this before? Right. And yeah. Dogman's like, you know, one of my favorite albums now. Produced by Brendan O'Brien as well. He's obviously a big grunge producer. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And so, yeah, I've listened to all the podcasts you've done with, with those guys from, oh, that's from KZX. And oh, that makes me really happy. Um, I love that. Band. And, um, what um, now we have to go longer what, <laughs> what 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 lit you up about dogman because i remember like for me king's x is such a um kind of an odd band mm. you know like is it track two or track three shoes where it starts off with those oh, yeah. the acapella layer yes. harmonies yeah 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 and it's really beautiful it is and all of a sudden it just drops into the heaviest thing you know like yeah what, what is the thing about them that lit you up um well yeah i don't know maybe you'll crucify me for this but that <laughs> Dogman is really the only album that i like from them sure i haven't really gotten into into any other ones but yeah. it's just like it's it's grungy and it's but it's a little bit different to the to the grungy stuff that i've you know the the allison chains soundgarden stuff yeah it's uh, the guitar tones are just so great yep the vocals are just are just i love the vocal lover's tone and his note choice and, yep. and, and the lyrics mm-hmm. 
and oh yeah just just the riffs and that that initial dogman riff the mm. ding, 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 yeah. ding, is like I had to sit there for a minute and actually figure out how to how to play that. I was right. like, that's, that's a little weird. They're off the wall, eh? Yeah, yeah. They're just so good, man. And 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 the groove and how laid back the drummer is, like yeah. just behind the beat, like absolutely. That song, pillow. Yep. Is it's just it's so good, man. Have you seen footage of the drummer Jerry Gaskell playing? I would have, but it's not in my mind. He's got this very interesting posture, which I find oh, yeah. really fascinating. He's he's very kind of aloof, oh. and um. His snare stick, the you know the hand he hits the snare with, I think he keeps it by his side a lot of the time. Wow, okay. He kind of he kind of has it dangled down by the side. I, spe- I think you can actually see this on performances of Dogman. Okay, where where yeah, it's, it's sort of hanging by his side. It's, it's kind of got this I don't give a fuck kind of vibe about him. It's it does sound like that. Yeah, you know? yeah. But it's just like you know, but some I don't know. It's kind of like aloof, but also fierce. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, he's very deliberate, but mm. he, but he's lazily deliberate. Yeah, I guess is how I is how I perceive it. Yeah, which counters the intensity mm. of like Doug being the singer. Yeah, he's, he's like a gospel singer almost. You yeah, know? he yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. Like this, you know, just amazing, amazing singer. It's crazy. And have you looked into them enough to realize that they've been one of the big influences of the grunge bands? Yeah. 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 Like all the Pearl Jam guys love them. and Yeah. Kind of well, you just yeah. hear that how they're like the most underrated band yeah. of that time. And like yeah. all my favorite bands highly rate them. Yeah. And they're all way more successful than, than King's X. Exactly. Which, which is a damn shame. It's a shame. Yeah. But at the same time, King's X never um, bent over to... Not, mm. not, not that the other bands necessarily did, but, but they were, um, they they didn't necessarily have the look or the, they didn't have the boxes ticked on a commercial yeah, sure. level. You I know? see what you mean, yeah. And I don't know if you could also like relate that conversation to things like the fact that Doug is a black dude rather than a homosexual black, dude. a homosexual yeah. black dude. You know, yeah. like. I don't. I mean, I I don't want to project that on their story. Um, mm. I don't know if that's impacted them or not. But yeah. Um, but that, I don't think they're an easy sell. Yeah. On, on the business side, you know. For sure. I can see that. Yeah. 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 Whereas, like, the other band. I mean, the other bands are so great, though. You know, like Soundgarden. Chris mm. Cornell was an. He must have been an easy sell. He was good. Yeah. Good looking. Great voice. You, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Doug's good looking, but. <laughs> Sure. Anyway, yeah. I'm talking myself into a into a <laughs> hole right now, but <laughs> but I'm really pleased. That's really awesome to hear. Yeah, they've, no, they've been a love it. big band for me my whole life. So yeah, yeah, great stuff. Brilliant. Nice note to end on. So I wish you yeah. all the best on your trip to London. And thank you so and, much. Um, yeah, I'd be interested in touching base and seeing how it all goes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. If you find what we're doing useful and you like this podcast, please do like, share and subscribe and give us a review on iTunes.